Welcome back to the Dash Podcast. It's been a while since I've said that, and it's been a while since you've heard from me on this podcast. But hopefully it hasn't been too long since you've heard from me at all. I've been pretty active on social media. Um, You might have seen the Bridge the Gap campaign. I ran for city council here in Hartsville, South Carolina, and got elected. And so that's what's been taking place between uh, August of 2017 and November. So we might talk a little bit about that today, but I'm really I'm really just excited to get back on the podcast and catch up with you guys. I wasn't wasn't planning on taking such a long hiatus from the podcast and been definitely thinking about ways to continue to add value and continue to break through and grow this podcast in year two. I'm so excited to be approaching episode 50 and if you don't know the podcast came out on my birthday february 3rd um, i wanted to add something of value to people something that was for free something that you could reuse that you could listen to all the time that you could use all the time and help you in a lot of different ways so it's really a, a special thing to me because i'm not one to celebrate birthdays but i do want to celebrate growth and i do want to celebrate value so that's how I want to enjoy my birthday is by doing something special. And this year, we will celebrate one year with an inauguration, a ceremonial swearing in the city council seat here in Hartsville. Got about 25 family members coming in town from Georgia and North Carolina, Indiana, Michigan. It's amazing. So that's that's the, the greatest celebration that I can have and, and share this moment and this time with the people I love most. You know, that's been the hardest thing moving away when I made the decision to move from from Indiana after going to school in Ohio down here. The hardest part was leaving everybody that I love to have them come down here for the first time and be a part of, you know, what's really a historical moment for our family and for this city is a humbling privilege. And that's been the words that we have been using or I have been using there's some other stuff that happened in there, and, and we learned a lot during that time. I want to share some of that with you today. So welcome back to the Dash Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for tuning in and sticking around. And if you have not already, keep up with me on Facebook. Just look at Trey Gamage and on Instagram at Trey Gamage. That way you can keep up with some some little clips, some one-minute clips, some highlights, and some things that are that are going on, some action that's taking place in our community to bridge that gap. And I really want to know, how are you? you know, how, how are you doing? I haven't asked enough. In year one, I was trying to figure things out, to be quite frank with you. It's running a podcast, I wouldn't say is difficult, but it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of focus. So without understanding you know, who's listening to you and, and what you want to do with your podcast, it's really hard to add value to you. So I want to hear more from you. I want some more feedback from you. So I, I, I want to know what you've been up to to kick off 2018. Uh, what's new for you? What are you looking forward to? What is changing in your life? Because we know it's not really about a New Year's resolution, but it's what lifestyle change are you planning to make? So hit me up on Facebook or Instagram and let me know, or or at Trey, at TreyGamers.com, and let me know what's going on in your life. Please do that. You can do it right now. Pause the episode or just close it out real quick and go let me know what's happening in your life. I want to be involved with you and know how we can 
add the most value to you. But there were some other cool things too. My brother, Austin Gamage up in Indiana, he's he's been throwing these soirees or these parties for about seven years now. And it started off with his 20th birthday. And, and this past Thanksgiving, we just had Orange Moon, which was a night of spoken word, poetry, and soul. And there was 10 performers that ranged from musicians to poets to rappers to myself to all, all kinds of people just sharing and there was so much love and everybody looked so good and there were so many young people getting along and together for a good reason nobody died nothing bad happened it, we were just enjoying ourselves so that was that's something that I want to celebrate and spending time with family December I've really been absent so I guess December leading up to the holidays, man, you got to take that time for yourself. So it was such a grind this year that it was just time to take some things off. So I can think straight now. The thing about campaigning and the thing about politics is you can't do anything else. And to give you that story, we started at August 24th. That's when you can run, that's of 2017, when you can file to run for city council. So we did that and we're blessed to raise about $4,000 over the uh, duration of the campaign to go towards yard signs and t-shirts and flyers, paying for uh, people that helped, campaign managers, community outreach, volunteers, things like that. So that was absolutely amazing and something that was uncomfortable and is still uncomfortable asking people for money. But at the same time, you know, getting out to really know and see the people that live where you live. And I'm not from Hartsville, South Carolina, but I've been here for a couple years. I knew the biggest knock that people were going to have on me is that I was not from here. And that was the biggest thing. You're not from here. What's he know? What's he going to be able to do for us? He don't know us. But that's, you know, it, you don't have to be from here to see that, that we need help as a people. And not just in Hartsville, but in everywhere in the world. As a people, we need help. You know, that's 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 just the truth. And... I wanted to be a part of that. And I saw that opportunity open up moving into District 1 of Hartsville and you know that seat coming open. The incumbent was pretty much immortal, Miss Councilwoman Adlena Graham. She served in the seat as long as I have been alive. She started in 1993 and was removed from that seat or gave that seat up to myself in November. And so we didn't, we had a really long race there too. She took me on, I told her, first of all, I told her before I filed that I planned on running and she gave me a tour of the district and, and was very gracious and, and we were friends and remain friends and contacts right now because you can't move forward without knowing what happened before. So it's pretty exciting to have her in my corner and be around. She's 85 years old and that's just amazing to do what she's been doing for 24 years. Um, and still going strong. So I'm glad to pick up where she left off in a lot of ways and to keep this thing rolling. But it, it's the, also the most effort that I have given in my life. I wouldn't say it was the hardest thing, but every single day looking at a list of, to give you some perspective, Hartsville has 7,700 people. It's by no means a large town. There's 1,200 people in District 1, and 700 of those people can vote. Of those 700 people, we've got a list of names that you can go to and knock on their doors and see who they are. So of course, 
it was important to meet everybody that lives in this district. If you're going to represent a district, you have to know the people in it. So I knocked on everybody's door twice and scoured that list of names. And a lot of those names were people that didn't live there anymore and that had changed. But it was it was really fun to get to know people and exciting to hit. I've got about 40 streets in my district and about 300 homes, I think, or 200 homes. And so to hit all those houses and meet all those people and see all the areas. And it's one thing to drive through a dilapidated area but it's another thing to walk on the streets and it's another thing to talk to the people that live there and to understand that you know we know what it's like over here and we know you know what it's like over here but nothing's being done about it and so that was hard to take in and, and because of that reason and because of being involved so heavily by walking and by talking and by meeting and greeting everybody there was such a felt need to not stop. So every day I, I couldn't work on my business as an entrepreneur. I wasn't progressing in a lot of different areas. I wasn't working out like I used to. I wasn't being as productive with my clients. I wasn't growing as fast or moving as fast in my business. I wasn't doing podcast episodes because I was so concerned about the citizens of Hartsville that I couldn't think about anything else. And every time I did, I felt bad for it. So when, when I say the hardest thing, maybe I mean mentally to think about not being able to stop until the end. Because one thing I wasn't going to do is look back and say, I wish I would have. Zig Ziglar talks about setting goals for who you have to become and not what you get. And that was something that I prayed about and read about and thought about before I signed my name on that line. And in the summertime, fortunately, I was set up for success by God in, in reading First and Second Samuel and learning the difference between what your head says and what your heart feels and how to do them both or use them both, chasing God's heart and using your head logically to move forward. So that was an interesting learning experience, and it was very helpful because once I signed on that line, I understood that there was going to be some things going on in politics that are going to mess with my head. But as long as my heart stays true to God, I can't be thrown off track. So every day, going and meeting and greeting and thinking about these people was all that could consume my mind. And it was all day, every day for four or five months. And then when we got to November 7th and it was time to vote, we had 113 total votes, 15% turnout. And it was amazing to me because so many people said they were voting and so many people were excited about change and wanted to see what was going on, but nobody came up to vote. So I won that election with 46 votes. Ms. Graham had 36 votes and our third candidate, Ms. Govan, had 26 votes. In South Carolina, you have to win by 50% of the vote plus one. And I won with 44% of the vote. So we had to have a runoff with myself and Ms. Graham. So at the, at the end of all of that effort and even working, you know, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., which is the time that polls are open during Election Day, we had to do that for 14 more days, delay a trip to see my family, and it was hurtful because I was so drained. 
and so tired, but it was so necessary to keep going and push past that limit. And this was the first time in my life that I finished through the line. This is the first time that I didn't get distracted, that I didn't get lost, that I didn't lose my head, that I continued to follow through on the path that was set in front of me, on the legend that was set before me. And it felt so good. The people I worked with on election day, here's where the story gets fun. On um, on November 21st, this is, this is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving and the runoff election day. We were scouring these names and realizing that everybody that said they were going to vote wasn't going to show up, obviously. So we wrote down everybody's name. There were 60 names that we could contact. We wrote down all of their names and made sure that we could talk to them on Election Day and get these people to the polls. Whatever we had to do. And, And everybody wanted to help. So everybody was gracious to be a part in adding names to this list. And so we came up with 60 of them. And on Election Day... People were looking at me to see, you know, where where the emotion was or where the mood was at. And there wasn't much because the work had already been done. We had already been set up for success. We had already knocked on everybody's door. We had already done everything we were supposed to do. And there was no way to do anything else. I felt good about it in my heart. Even when I stopped at all four precincts and realized that there was 48 votes already casted because you can vote early at the voter registration office or you can cast an absentee ballot, which means that you are not able to go to the polls on election day, but you still want to vote. So you can do it through the mail. If you're a college student, if you're elderly, if you're at work, there's a plethora of reasons for you to be able to use this absentee ballot in people definitely take advantage of it. So think about that next time it's time to vote. But there was 48 of those votes already in and I knew they weren't mine. So I really and truly started to panic. But fortunately, there was a couple miles between the next precinct I was going to and I had time to think about it. I said, well, there's 48 names or 48 votes in. I've got 60 names. We need every single vote. So that's what we did all day is go out and find people. You know, there was folks getting rides. There was folks getting picked up. There was folks getting dropped off, getting called, knocking on the door from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And when it was time for the results, the result didn't matter. That's not my job. Thinking about it spiritually, your job is to do the work. Your job is to go out and do what you've been called to do. And we say this time and time again. And the result of that situation, the result of your effort is not in your hands. It's not up to your decision. So you got to let it be. And fortunately, you know, we were able to win that seat um, with a total vote of 69 to 47. And of those, there was 40 votes in. It was 31 to 9. To, for the election to start the day. So Miss Graham had 31 absentee votes. That means 31 votes were already casted before anybody else showed up at the polls. And I had nine. So we had to come back all day to from those votes, from 22 votes down to win by 22 votes. So that was, I actually never thought about that. But that was cool. And, um, you know, speaking of the result, if I bounce from that situation right there and that story to a little bit of a lighter one and thinking about Dancing with the Stars, I forgot about that with Darlington County. That happened in 
January. And we worked with my partner. Shout out to Kendall Chapman. Shout out to Taisha. Shout out to Brenda Cranford for the amazing choreography that we put together for this Dancing with the Stars expose or whatever it was. Showcase, uh, tournament, camp competition. We raised... Uh, money for domestic violence in the county and before the show started we raised $96,000 for people in this county. That's amazing. It continued to raise I believe over $120,000 in total for women and men in domestically abused situations. So that was absolutely amazing and on my part, you know, being in the campaign and doing Dancing with the Stars was a lot and taking some time off, we didn't get to practice, but my partners and our choreographers were so good at putting everything together. We we got it right on time, and it was a pretty cool show. We danced hip-hop. That was our style of dance to the Broadway play Hamilton, so we made up a little mix. Thankfully, you have to mix and master with the podcast, so was able to do that with the music as well. And we, we had a nice performance, and the crowd blew up when we finished the dance. I was dressed like Richard Hamilton, and we did our whole hip-hop thing, and it was pretty cool. You'll see the video when it comes out. And a lot of people said we should have won, but we didn't, and that was okay. And it wasn't upsetting because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about what I received. It was about who I had to become. And you have to look at every situation like that. Who do you have to be? What really changes if you don't get the result that you wanted? One thing you know is that you still get to be that person. You still get to be that person. If you win, if you lose, if the result is not what you want it to be, you are still the person you are regardless. And that's what's important because who you are doesn't change unless you do it on purpose. Taking that time to grow and develop and and here's the real story I wanted to share with you today and, and how I got set up for success even before this moment. You know, we are placed, I've been reading in the Bible, Esther and Ruth and Job and Daniel. And you see that there's people, and even Stephen Furtick talks about it in his one of his recent sermons. And he said that you're placed in a position. You aren't working towards or, or putting yourself in position, but you are placed in a position. And once you get placed there, that's when it's your job to do something with it or to listen to God. My grandmother used to share two verses. Um, one is a song, I put my faith in thee, O Lord, let me not be put to shame. The other is Exodus 14, 14. The Lord, you have only to be still and the Lord will fight for you. And so those are things that I take into account often. And I was placed in South Carolina. I did have the option to have, remember I was returning from abroad. These stories are throughout the, the podcast. But basically I played football in college, had a scholarship to play football at Miami, Ohio, and really sucked my first two years, didn't touch the field, and was really good my last year and decided not to play a fifth year but to study abroad at a campus in Luxembourg. Saw 14 countries in four months. And when I came back, my brain was stretched too much. The world was flat. And once your brain is stretched, it can't go back to the size it was before. So I had to keep going. I was working briefly at Sherwin-Williams. 
selling paint and me and my brother would have hour-long conversations about it it was fun but I didn't want to keep doing that so I looked for new jobs and one was in Illinois and one was South Carolina don't know anybody in South Carolina that's 12 hours from home and it's away from everybody I love but it was an opportunity it was an opportunity to continue finding myself. It was an opportunity to continue learning, excuse me, to continue learning. It was an opportunity to, to grow and learn and experience. And that's what I needed at the time. I felt like it was selfish, but I felt like it was right. And I felt like that was where I was being led. So while it was the hardest thing, it was, it was a sacrifice. And my faith was tested with that sacrifice. My faith was supposed to be tested because it, it, and it had before, but when people question your God, when people question your belief, it, it makes you really ask yourself who you are. It really makes you go to a place and, and find out if this is who you are and who you want to be. And I had to decide that my God was for me. And I did and can have continued to take those steps. But getting down here, I got started with Toastmasters. Toastmasters is an international speaking, comp speaking organization that teaches people how to communicate with verbal and nonverbal skills, leadership skills, management skills, presentation skills, selling skills, negotiation, all this stuff. And I wanted parts of it because I saw Les Brown won the Golden Gavel, the highest award for a speaker. And I wanted to be the world champion. And my goal was to join Toastmasters and in the 2016 World Championship of Public Speaking that featured the best speaker out of a pool of 30,000 contestants over a six-month competition that culminates with the World Championship with the final 100 and the top 10 battling it out for the number one speaker in the world. I wanted all parts and was willing to do anything to make that happen. Between the time I arrived in South Carolina and between and, and the time I reached that destination, that goal at the World Championship of Public Speaking in 2016, August 18th to 20th at D.C. at the Marriott Marquis Hotel, I had given about 75 free speaking engagements around the state of South Carolina and the country. Um, that includes John Hopkins, Clemson, Duke Energy, Sunoco. Nesby, all kinds of organizations, weddings, boys and girls club, high schools, colleges, career fairs, everywhere in between, every time, churches, anytime I had an opportunity to speak or to present or to communicate with people, classrooms, all, all these places, they just keep coming up. I did it and it, it made me better and it prepared me for that moment, for, for my moment. And once we got to the World Championship, I had learned a lesson at, um, at the state championship, at the South Carolina State Championship for District 58. And Kelly Sargent, who was the, the last woman to place in the top three, she ended up being my coach. She said, you have to realize one thing during this competition. competition. It's not about you. And her thought, her first three times going, is it's all about me. And it's about my story and what I want to share. And that was my thought, too just selfish. I, I crafted the perfect story. Somebody asked me this in a class, Trey, what's the best speech you've ever given and what's the worst one you've ever given? And the answer is the same. It was that world championship speech because I got there and I went first. 
I have my nice tan suit on. The speech was called "Every Decision Counts," and you can hear that. Um, we'll put a we'll put a link in the in the bio stuff. You can find. I think it's episode thirty eight or thirty seven, one of those. And I came out hot, guns blazing. All it takes is one decision to change the direction of your life. And in hindsight, it was way too much. It was too hot coming out first. And to be quite frank, I knew I lost by the time I walked off the stage. I felt like I did everything right and I was prepared and hit my points and hit my marks. It was over quick, but I knew I lost. Nobody laughed at my jokes. It wasn't very loud. It was so heavy, I didn't give the audience time to breathe. And I realized that, wow, I gave you this story exactly how you wanted how I wanted you to see it. I gave you the story exactly how I wanted you to see it. And I didn't tell it to you how it was. I didn't give you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It was my best speech because it was the most well-crafted. It was the most thought out. It was the most practiced. It was the most sound. And, and everything in the speech was thought about. The inflection on each word all, I think there were 669 words in that speech. They were all positioned perfectly. They were all color-coded. They all included a gesture, a pitch volume, a movement with them. They all had specific things to do, and I hit every single one of those. They had specific jokes, specific pauses, all this stuff. It was perfect in that sense, and it was the worst speech because it was not me. It was not my truth, and it was not the value that I wanted to add to the audience. And once I came off the stage, I had my head down and I was upset because I did. I, I knew I lost. But then I started hearing the Mexican champion and the Japanese champion and the Turkish champion and the Louisiana champion and the Ohio champion and was like, wow, these people are really good. You need to humble yourself, Trey. You aren't the best thing since sliced bread. And after that competition, on my way back, I realized that I have to change my view from fame to adding value. And the first goal I set, well, the first thing I did was start setting goals in 90 days. And how am I gonna change my life? How am I going to do this full time so I can impact the world? The, the goal was to travel the world speaking for $2,500 at a time. But the first goal I set ended up being to get paid to speak. How can I add enough value to someone that they're gonna be willing to pay me to come and talk to them? I don't care if that's a dollar, $10, a hundred or a thousand. What do I need to do to become a professional paid speaker. And within 90 days, somehow that dream came true. One of my students' mothers worked at Clemson and gave me an opportunity to speak at, a, what was it? Mm, I don't remember the conference now, but it was a good speech. I've got that one too. I think it's episode 37 or 36, and we, we've got to see that too. It's around every decision count. It's in that frame between 35 and 40. And so that was the first time we did that. The next goal was when the podcast came about. The next 90-day goal was how can I add value consistently? How can I add value for free? How can I do something that's just going to show people that I love them? How can I do something to express my opinions, my ideas, my pain, my purpose, 
and also make that a platform for someone else to grow. And that's where the dash came from. That started in November to February. That was my goal to create this podcast. After that, the goal was to earn a living. The next 90 days, the goal was to find out how to add enough value, how to give enough to people that I can earn a living off of that. And by the end of that period, I was working for myself and had my resignation turned in at the governor's school. That's how I was set up for success. The New Year's resolution isn't necessarily what we need. I know that was a quick story, and I know I told it fast, but I want to talk more about that because, honestly, a year that the competition for the World Championship was August 20th, 2016. I filed for city council August 24th, 2017. In a year, I went from never being paid as a speaker, I went from never adding enough value and only thinking about myself to... Three cycles of 90-day goals later, I have the opportunity to work with young people. I have the opportunity to work for myself. I have the opportunity to add value in every day and work for myself. Now, that's my goal. That's my intention. But that's the way that God set me up and where I've been placed to be set up for success. And what I want to do is share that with you. I want to talk more about your setup for success. So in thinking about the podcast, that I'm not going to do what I did last year. You know, we got to 50 episodes, and that's great. That's a number that I want to stay at is 50. But the way that we're going to deliver them to you is going to be different. We'll have the podcast in seasons. The first season will start in mid to late February, and it's called Set Up for Success. You've got some episodes that are going to go through the journey of, of building a foundation, building the mindset, and becoming the person we need to be to change our lives. That includes being able to have opportunities to hopefully, we're having some events. I know in March there will be another shift event that you'll be able to be a part of where we'll have six speakers. It's a speaker jam hosted by Toyenda Smith. You'll be able to come out and see us live in Hartsville and having more opportunities, working on some courses for you, working on some, some speaking opportunities to be able to offer to everybody. And you'll, you'll hear about that on the podcast. I'll let you know about speaking, training, consulting opportunities, developmental opportunities online, things of that nature. I really want to give you more. I really want to take it to the next step. I've had a year to get my feet wet in this podcast game and really just want to take it up. So if, if you got some tips from me, if you got some helps for me as well, things you want to hear, things you want to know, people you want to hear from, if you've got suggestions, talk to me. I don't think we can grow without critical feedback and I want yours. We've got another episode coming soon for you. That's episode 50. And I wanted you to meet Laquan Lunford. That's the man behind the 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 video, I should say. He's he's worked on the video that you've seen, Bridge the Gap. He's the creator of that video. He's the filmmaker that's been working with me. I went to high school with him and we played on the same football team. Didn't talk for about five years, but this summer we're just like, hey, let's let's get together on the creative tip and made that video. And over the holidays, Christmas break, we did it again. And Laquan's helping me to express the dash and what it is and what it means. And so I, I just want you to hear from him. He's an introvert. He's someone that I enjoy talking to. And I think he's someone that a lot of people can relate to. And I don't know that he realizes that. And I don't know that you realize that. But you don't have to be an extrovert to 
live the life you want to live. You don't have to think a certain way or be a certain person to do that. And Laquan is coming to grips with who he is as an introvert and who he wants to be as a filmmaker. And I think it's pretty cool. So tune in on February 3rd to hear episode 50. That's my birthday. That's our ceremonial swearing in celebration. And that's more celebration. We'll be back to you with the Dash Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 49, and we'll holler at you. This is the Dash.